Welcome to the Sport Project. It is a week of a different kind. We're all split between divisions. Uh, Renee, I'm here in Sydney, but all my boys have flown the coop and left me. Where are you, Jen? Well, we're in the amazing area of the Darling Downs. Uh, we're in Toowoomba. That's oh, it. We're in Toowoomba. But guess what? Daryl's still with us. Oh, as long as Daryl's So I'll tell you why we're here, actually. I might why? as well. We've got uh, one of our friends, Matt McCarthy, who's uh, turned 30, even though he looks at least 65. Right. Um, he's turned 30, so we're, we've all come up to uh, have a bit of a bit of a get-together, share his birthday, celebrate his life so far, and go to the races. I literally just come because he's shouting free food and free piss. That's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> no, um, look, I hate to break it to you. The invite did say that it was a cash bar. Uh, it didn't, did it? I'm not joking. I'm going home. I'm going home. That's it. Are, <laughs> you, jo- are you joking, Renee? I, no, I didn't even look at the invitation. I was oh. be there as well too, but I've, uh, I've got a late call up to uh, help out MC the Swannies game because it's an all-Sydney final again this weekend for the sixth year in a row. I'm still dirty on that. Oh, is that actually – because I'm just going to go to another party. You what? Sorry? I'm no, just, you're, still, you're still there. No, I'm just going to go to another party. I'm actually dirty on that. I didn't read the invite properly. Hey, look, just put it out on your social media, say send them. I'm pretty sure someone will shout you a drink at some stage. Yeah, perfect. I mean... When she drops you home. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Excuse me. She over partner. Uh, uh, yeah, come on. Her name is Russell. But I'm single. Yeah. <laughs> Happy and she's to an absolute uh, send as well to too. But we have a jam-packed show. I know we're miles and miles apart, but we've still got plenty of stuff to talk about. US Open, it's in its dire stages now, so we're going to be seeing the final shortly. We'll chat about that. As I said, mentioned, the uh, the big Sydney sing-song is on tonight with the Swans and Giants. Obviously, as we always mention, the show is on Monday nights when it heads out. Make sure you rate, subscribe, and do all of those wonderful things on the podcast. Um, and moving on, EPL, of course. It wouldn't be a show if we didn't let Carlos talk about that boring soccer. It's Carlo. Drop the SR, I'll drop you. I think, um, <laughs> I think we need to talk about more important things in the English Premier League and that Liverpool goalkeeper. What? Do you know what? His ball skills are second to none. We'll get to that later on. <laughs> we will, we will. We'll get deep into that one a little bit later on. Uh, footy finals. I don't know if you boys got a chance to watch the game last night. Yeah, I did. I did. And what a, an amazing start to the final series, Renee. What a game. Huge. Huge. It was great. The so Wallabies played real well. Storm game that went down to the wire. What was that, sir? <laughs> I said it was really great. The Wallabies played well. Mate, they're on tonight. I thought that's why you were heading up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd be a shoo-in to be up there, Sash. Uh, why don't we actually kick off a little bit of the rah-rah chat? It is on tonight, being Saturday night, up in Brisbane. Do you know in the 47 years that they've played South Africa, they've never won a game in Brisbane against them? I didn't know that, True. actually. Wow. There's a little stat bomb for you. Oh, wow. this, this is the year. Look, although they've got um, spanked by the um, All Blacks. I, I do twice. Got a, yeah, I know, twice. But I do believe they've got a really good side. And I think um, you know they're, they're in a building phase. They've got young players coming through. But old players, not old players, but players like Kurtley Beal and some of the more experienced players are really putting yeah. their hands up again and um, starting to play some good footy. So um, go the Wallabies. I reckon they'll be a good chance. I reckon- well, it's a big call with Kurtley Beal because he's been brought in um, and Bernard Foley has been put to the bench um, on that place. So that would obviously... Really? Yeah, so wow. Beal's starting. 
and Foley will be coming in off the bench, which will be very interesting. Because, yeah, starting back at 10, that's um, it's been a long time since he's played 10 because he's been moved in the centres, even the wing and fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I, I really like Checker. I just like him as a coach. I think he's got a lot to offer. And I, I, I just I, I think there's not been a really good development in the club rugby system. So I think he, he's not got the wealth of talent like coaches before him had. And I think he's doing the best that he possibly can. And I think I think they'll, they'll, I, I think they're right on the cusp of doing some, something really good. The Wallabies. Well, he's sort of started to swing the axe a little bit, hasn't he? Sakopi Kepu's also been dropped entirely. Obviously, as I mentioned, with Bernard Foley going back to the bench, he's sort of started to go. All right, we need to make some changes, and I don't care what who your name is and what it accounts for. It's what you put on the pitch. Yeah, <clears throat> like Adam, like I always say, but I love Adam Coleman. He's a young fellow. I played footy with him back in Canberra, um, and he was always going to make it. He just needed to put on a bit of weight, and now he's put the weight on, and he's just playing some good footy. And Michael Check has blooded those uh, guys, and they're, they're really coming through the ranks. And he started to wipe out some of the old players that aren't performing, which is um, exactly what we need. Mm. And what about, obviously, South Africa, they're coming over. They got bitten a little bit by Argentina as well, too. So you've got two sides that have a lot to prove, and particularly this game, it has a lot riding on it to try and boost rugby back in Australia because it's really starting to dwindle in terms of yeah. competition here. No, I, I totally agree. Um, and I think I think they've realised that, but what they've done is have they, have they allowed the gap to go too far? Uh, and I think you're looking at a five to ten year pro- probably rebuilding phase. And um, you know, with Michael Checker being there, uh, leading, leading the leading the cause, I think I think it will start to get his passion back in the club rugby system. Uh, but it just needs to be well promoted. I think that's where Super Rugby's really came and actually kind of um, um, made club rugby disinterested because Super Rugby just took over and everything was about Super Rugby. Now I think yeah. they're realising now that that they need a pathway. And uh, the club rugby scene is going to be that. Yeah, look, unfortunately for Checker, though, I think, um, you know, he's doing this building phase. He's not winning a lot of games, so they've been hot and cold. But I think, unfortunately for him, they'll use him as a scapegoat in a year or so, and then they'll bring in someone new who's going to claim the glory of all his hard work over the years. I I probably agree, mate. Mm. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on from that. As I said, that game will sort of get played out by the time this goes to air. But something else that I sort of wanted to bring up with you guys is Let's go back to, I know I took the piss out of you before, Carlos, with your soccer. But what do you make of the the Tim Cahill with his last sort of hurrah slash farewell with the Socceroos? Um, obviously, they're playing Lebanon at ANZ Stadium. Yep. It would make his 108th cap for Australia. Now, he's basically already said that he wasn't going to play international. He's retiring um, yep. and going to obviously going into the education of, of coaching. But they want to make it a farewell. However, we as Australia, as a nation, need to be preparing for the Asia Cup. What do you make of this? Well, I, I think, you know, Germany did it and Wales did it with Ryan Giggs and Baston Schweinsteiger. Like, it's, it's, I think Tim Cahill has given so much to the Socceroos cause, numerous World Cups, you know, and, he, and he's done some really essential and big goals for, for the Socceroos in them World Cups. Why, why shouldn't he have a swam song? I know you're trying to prepare, but he's going to come on probably for the last 20 minutes. Surely that's not going to have a major effect on preparations. I think Australia as a nation, just chill out a second and just realise what, what a great asset and a great player Tim Cahill's been for them and as a country and uh, kind of celebrate that. Well, they're sort of talking about it being a bit of a circus and taking the focus off the team actually building and 
it's a pretty important competition that they're going over for with this with the Asia Cup. It's not just a small thing. Mm. Would you not think it'd be better having having him there, having a great interview with the crowd, give them that sort of, uh, I guess, suave departure and have the fans be able to say goodbye that way rather than lace up the boots for, say, 10 minutes to run around? Uh, I, 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 no, I... I, I think it's the right thing to do to be totally honest with you. I think it's not going to he- it's not going to hinder the preparation to the Asia Cup which Australia are the, the current champions of um, you know but I, I think it's the right way to do it the Baston did it for Baston Schweinsteiger and it was really emotional and I think it, it was done in, in, in the best taste possible yeah and like you said with 108 games he's contributed so much to the game and especially for Australian football and to bring it into the you know the world stage which yeah. is, is at the moment so I think um, yeah definitely deserves a send off but mate that bloke he has not aged in 400 years. He looks the same, doesn't he? He looks identical. Like he's got a full head he's of hair, the bastard. He's isn't he? He's, he's unbelievable. Like, I'm 33 and I look 50. Like I am straight. Oh, rightio, mate. Sitting here next to Uncle Fester. Wait, wait. you got to remember, out. I've looked the same since I was three years of age. <laughs> <laughs> Except for now he's 80 well, he's kilos heavier. how much you've grown. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm still, I'm still going through puberty. You know, the funny thing is, everything else has grown except for his old fella. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> you wouldn't like under your nose as a moustache. Let's put it that way. Or behind your ear as a pencil. Oh, brilliant! Hey, I'm speaking of soccer. It's really gained my interest of late, thanks to some stuff that you guys have put into our little group chat. <laughs> yes. Yeah, goalkeeper from uh, Liverpool. Liverpool, mate. What are you he has got. There? Just to give some sort of background to this story. I was greeted by, we've got a group chat and I don't, um, we kind of have a, it goes a little bit left field sometimes. I get a video come through, which is quite, what would you say? Did um, you just gulp? Well, look, he's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Liverpool <laughs> goalkeeper. He's he's cut like a picnic lunch. He's got a chopper on him like a baby's arm holding an apple. Yeah. And he's got three girls in his room. And, like, you got you guys can put the rest together. It involves some illicit substances. And um, he's having a fantastic time. But you just can't be that blessed, can you? You can't be good at sport like that, be cut like a picnic lunch and have a, and have a chopper like that. That's ridiculous. That's, uh, I'm not that's joking. I thought he was going to be called the tripod. It was unbelievable. It was going to set up one. I think he's bigger one. than a tripod. I don't understand how he doesn't faint when he gets it up because I would dead set faint if I saw that coming towards me. Yeah, but is it? <laughs> is he, he's still got his position, hasn't he? Like he's well, I don't know what's happened back home because obviously we've seen the videos, but I don't know what what the hurrah has happened back in England. I'm going to try and find out for the next show. Yeah. But, well, yeah. I thought you'd actually would have done that. I thought that would have been part of the research coming into this well, show. I can't, that you I can't would stop have watching out. the video. I can't I, stop watching I, the video. I, I, I literally typed in Liverpool goalkeeper and it come up his chopper again. And I went, oh, I can't even look at that. Just got rid of it. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so well, poked me in the eye through the well, screen. You know how big it is when Renee talks about it and gulps in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh. But I want to know, like, a. Obviously, he's in there with three women. Sure, go for it. What have you? But there are illicit substances in yeah. this video. So yeah. how is he still the new goalkeeper? Well, you don't, you don't know. You don't know what it could be. He he could dead set. You know, be a fanatic for washing his clothes, and he's just got some homo powder there on standby, and he goes, "Oh, that's right not it. the way I wash my clothes." Uh. Good stuff. <laughs> but, but in saying that, though, it, it seems to be working because Liverpool are the top of the league. Good on him. So his ball control seems to be great. <laughs> um, what, did, what did he do, though, for letting him film it? Honestly, like, oh, he would have known. He an would have known they were filming it. He's a dead set idiot, really. I've just tried to Google it while we were, while we were ch- chatting, and the last article about, like, I just put in Liverpool goalkeeper. With and Chopper. And Liverpool's stunning $118 million move to solve goalkeeper crisis. This is dated from July to, in 2018. So... 
I reckon they've got another crisis on their hands. Yeah, oh, they'll be in no. damage over overload, damage control for sure. Or are we seeing this late? Is this like, is this only just reaching Australian shores? I don't, I, I really don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, do, I'll, fi- I'll figure it out. I'll speak to the the crew back in the UK and see what's going on over there. But all right, all right. Well, um, that's your research then, hey. Yeah, but like I say, it's not affecting Liverpool as a team because the the top of the English Premier League, Chelsea is second, and Watford, Watford, a third. That's like who would have thought that. Watford are just are always bottom dwellers, uh, so for them to come third, I know the the, the league. Right, yeah, mate, wrap it up. No league's not cares. winning there. <laughs> no one cares. Shut so, up! <laughs> I can't believe your lack of respect for the English Premier League is absolutely disgusting. I'm just wrapping up. Oh no! To I said, I said, it's definitely got my respect now. <laughs> oh yeah, it's got Renee's respect. I bet respect. it does. <laughs> I I does. Oh dear, and here we before, are. Before, before it was just the tip, but now I'm in wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> No further oh. questions, Your Honor. Righty, Renee, wrap that one up. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. stop sliding off your seat. All right. Well, that's yeah. I was gonna. Well, I'm already sitting on the floor. So, <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> we digress. We digress. Let's go back to our more serious chat. U.S. Open. Um, obviously, Serena Williams, one of the best comebacks we've seen. Uh, yeah. Come. Well, is it the only woman who's had a child and come back that almost died on the table? Um, well, I reckon it might be. Yeah, well, it might be if, if you're going to put a near-death experience in there. But I think there is there is uh, people who've come back from uh, birth, uh, from having a child and then and then actually winning a competition. I, I can't think off the top of my head who it was. It was it Margaret Court who did it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, which who, if she wins this U.S. Open, she will equal. Surely Steffi Graf had a crack at that. No, she had. She didn't have a baby till later, she, till she retired. Andre with Andre, yeah. But yeah, I think Andre. I think um, it, well, her efforts are superhuman, aren't they? She's by far the best women tennis player, woman ten- tennis player out there at the moment, and she's just dominating. And especially the U.S. Open, it'd be so emotional for her in front of her home crowd, and then uh, p- performing the way she is. You know, she's a credit. It's an absolute credit of the way that she's performing. Yeah, and I mean, she's going up against uh, Naomi Osaka. So a 36-year-old versus a 20-year-old, which is just massive in itself. But they've actually played together before. It was back in, I think it was April or May, it was in Miami. And Serena got done by Naomi during that time. And it was kind of when Serena was making that turn to come back. But, you know, Osaka's come out. She's just like, Serena was my idol. I've grown up just really loving her and wanting to be part of her. And I guess in that first game, you kind of would have expected her to be overawed, but she's sort of surpassed that now, and this is the second time she's coming up against her. You'd imagine it's going to be a, a bit bit more of a bigger match. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think, you know, um, for what she's achieved in the game, there's no doubt that there's people going to be going, I'm playing against my idol. And I think yeah. that's scary in itself. I think uh, Federer, when Kyrgios and... Federer, Federer played I think Kyrgios was just in the every time he plays Federer it seems like he's in awe of him and he, yeah. and he never he never gets through because he he's just forever watching him and like the, yeah. his, his reactions well I don't know if it's that um, I just don't know if he's uh, you know got the mental capacity to actually beat a player like that but while we're on that subject let's talk talk about Milman yeah. he's come from nowhere he's beat one of the world's best like probably the best tennis player of all time yeah. um, and now Australia finally has another tennis player who's not a fuckwit. Yeah. I know we weren't supposed to swear, <laughs> but I think that's warranted that section. Like He's actually yeah. a humble bloke. Um, people enjoy supporting him and, um, you know, he's kicking goals. He's beat Roger Federer. He, he put up a good fight against Dokic and um, I'm just wrapped I can support another Australian tennis player. Yeah, totally, mate. I think um, he didn't he didn't let anyone down. But if you look at Federer, I'm not joking. I've seen a lot of games, a lot of matches played with uh, Roger Federer and 
that is the only time I've ever seen him look tired. Like the mm. bloke never sweats, and he was just put. It was pouring out of him like a gypsy so, with so mortgage. <laughs> definitely, or one arm bricklayer in Baghdad. Oh, but, we, can um, go, we can go real south with that real quick. <laughs> but he, he looked. He looks every every part of thirty seven. And uh, again, I think he struggled. I think getting Federer on a bad day and Melman on a on a good day. You know, and again, that result has happened. And, and fair play to him. He's, he's so humble. His interview afterwards was just amazing. And uh, I heard an interview with his father. And again, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree because his his father was just is a teacher, and he was just thanking everyone for having an interest in his son. I was just like, you know, how, how cute is that? You know, what an amazing, yeah. amazing father and an amazing tennis player. And I, I really hope now he uses this because he needed to pass. He needed to win the. Uh, uh, ultimately pack, go past the second round in order to keep his ranking to be yeah. automatically included in these competitions into the um, uh, the majors. So he's done that and, and a little bit more. So hopefully it'll ease pressure of him now getting around. But I read something that he finally, he came on the scene back in like 2003 or something and then had never actually cracked a, to be in the major, like the Grand Slams, and then didn't win his first... Um, match in a Grand Slam like 2013 or 2014, something ridiculous like that. So yep. he's obviously got the persistence in him, and he's got the drive to to do what he needs to do. And now he's had a big win like that. He's now on the radar. You know, hopefully it uh, brings him to bigger and better places. Definitely, mate. Yeah. Well, he's he'd, he'd never beaten anyone that was seeded in the top ten. Or sorry, Federer had never lost to someone who was outside of that top ten rating. But Milman sort of came out. He's had over three operations that would pretty much be career defining. And he said there were so many times where I thought, I don't know if I have the energy or, like, the motivation to be able to come back from this and start all over again and, and whatnot. And he goes, and I'm so pleased that I did. It comes down to my support network. And he goes, it's not the support network that are with me right now because, you know, I've had a win, but it's this family and friends who have supported me through all these low times and through the comebacks that have got me back up on the court. And he was just super, super humble. And you'll even like this, uh, being an NFL fan yourself, uh, Sash, he, he turned around, he's, heavy into the NFL Fantasy League. Uh, so he offered one of the players who's still trying to work out who he's signed for in clubs and free tickets to the final that he could just decide the next week who he's going to play with. That is so good. <laughs> that is unbelievable. That's using it? your influence, isn't it, in the right way? Uh, and while we're on NFL, like, good win by the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Did Jordan Melita, did he play? Yeah, he played. How did he go? Yeah, good. Didn't watch it, but he, yeah. Sure, played well. Sure, played well. I watched. That's what I would text. He was like, "How good this? I'm having my lunch break and just watch the NFL." Because I'm not even watching. Like, yeah, some of us had to work. Far out. But it'd be I really. It's really interesting to to actually follow Jordan Malata, and I think his agent is based in Sydney. And, and I want to try and Your, see if we, Chris Hall. Yeah, if we can get him on and have a chat about the, the journey that 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 they're doing or the project they're doing with Jordan, because I think it's really interesting. He looks so mobile in all the videos I've seen. Oh. He looks great, and I think he's going to be a real, true superstar. And he's only young, so yeah. I think younger, younger. <laughs> younger. And I think he's going to he's going to have a great he's going to have a great great career. It'll be really interesting to follow that. Well, he's zero to forty in just over five seconds, and he's hundred foot tall, and he's two hundred kilos, 100, 120 right. kilos, isn't it? Hundred and twenty. He's bigger than that, I think. He's, I think he's like one hundred fifty or something. Six, 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 six eight. Yeah, I think so. Ooh. I'm just making those stats up, dead set. No, but he's he, big. You're right. Six, seven. He's big and he's quick. It's incredible. Quite Either way, he, he's number 53 on their draft at the moment. And, uh, yeah, so we, we wish him luck. Hopefully he sticks in there. I think he's a great skill set for him as well too. Um, what about the footy at the moment, guys? As we, we mentioned the game last night. It was absolutely yeah. huge. I, I spoke to Greg Inglis this morning. He's one of our regular podcasters. 
And the first question I just asked him, I went, how did the body pull up? Because he just got pulled from pillar to post. He got turned into a deck chair at one stage. Oh, 100%. And just, I want to ask both of you boys, because I, I sort of think, you look at, there was one stage where GI got tackled and mm-hmm. his arm was just completely twisted and, and turned behind him in his shoulder. And just the wrestling techniques that they're using in their tackling with Storm, What do you? what's your make or take well, on it? I think... That's an out-and-out chicken wing, though, isn't it? Like he, they're using the arm to manipulate the body position in 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 trying to flip him on his back. But I think the way that they were doing it, I I, I actually don't know how they're going to actually police that. To be totally honest, Renee, like when yeah. you're when you're fighting in the tackle, you you try to grab onto elbows, levers, and you're trying to make the best of a really sticky situation. No two tackles are the same. If you ever play rugby league, you can't say what is a textbook tackle because it could be a hundred times different you've got to deal with the situation that's in front of you mm. they seem to do a lot of work around levers Melbourne uh, and, and actually work work the arm into a position where they can try and manipulate the body to, to flip round now we get that wrong they're going to dislocate his shoulder and, and Greg Inglis got caught a couple of times but there was a number of players who got caught a couple of times but I took a step back and thinking are we just doing it because the storm always uh, commented on their tackling style, so I thought I'd watch South. And if you look at some of the South tackles as well, there's a lot of, mm. they do the same, but it's just never pointed out. So it's it's a very hard one to police and a very hard one to uh, to say the Storm are doing it more than anyone else. Well, they get they get taught grappling techniques, you know, yeah, to keep 100%. them on their back, obviously, so the yeah. other guys can get back to ten. Um, and they're always going to go back to that um, type of technique because that's what they train for. Well, yeah, yeah, it's such a major part of the game now. Yeah, were either of you convinced with I? Because if we were talking about finals last week, I said I really struggled to put my finger on on the team that I thought was going into this finals period quite consistent. Uh, South probably stood out for me in week one before the first game was kicked off. Last night, there was a lot of errors getting forced, uh, especially with someone like Sam Burgess, and the frustration boiled over for him, um, almost causing the team a couple of penalties there. Did either of those teams convince you last night after the performance? I think I think Melbourne. Uh, do you know what? When when it got really difficult, I think Melbourne's consistency shone, shone through, and I think South started to panic. It only takes twenty seconds to score a try in rugby league, yeah. And I think there was no need to panic. Sam tried to get his arm out to do an offload that he shouldn't. It, it was the wrong idea to do with three minutes or four minutes left on the clock. Like he, he sh- he's got to go through the process because the process would have been to, to get the yardage, get the gain, and then get the ball down there and then a really big defensive effort, try and get a ball back on the 40, and then that's the one that you actually uh, attempt to score on. Um, but with Sam trying to do that, you know, again, out of character and panicking, um, I think South had a, f- a fair few errors that, that if they played the game again, they wouldn't do. Look, I, th- I thought it was a good game um, and being a, a Sydney Roosters supporter, like, if we make it through to play one of those teams, look, it's going to be a good match. There's some really good t- uh, contenders mm. for the title this year. Um, but as you said, Carlo, the Storm are just uh, very consistent. They're very disciplined. Um, and it all comes from the top with Craig Bellamy and the yep. likes of Billy Slater and Cameron Smith. You know, they're just um, they're an unbelievable outfit and they're going to be hard to beat. Definitely. Do you know what I really enjoyed as well? I think the development of Brodie Croft. I think, like, you see that, that last try that he, he created out of nothing for Villavalu, is it, uh, in the corner when he picked it up and dived over. But I just think his game management skills, you look at Cooper Cronk, the good thing that Craig Bellamy does really well, he teaches his young halves to have a really good game management style. 
Like, they are not the out-and-out -out world beaters. Like They're not the JTs, but their game management is second to none. And I yeah. think that's where they struggled, where South struggled uh, yesterday. It was in their game management. So I, I think Melbourne are the team to beat again, you know, and uh, mate, they've just proven it year in, year out. They're, they're, they're the hard team. Now, who else can match them? Don't really know. It's yeah. uh, it's going to be exciting times. I think the Roosters can, but they've had a bit of a dip in form. But again, obviously, getting beat off the Broncos and then coming back the week after. So it's, it's I think the closest competition, it's been separated by two points. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the only one that I sort of sit there and I, you kind of scratch your head with the form that they've gone into the finals with is the Dragons going up against the Broncos. I, I feel like out of the, the three games that are getting played this weekend, that's going to be the one where you sit there and go, is this really semi-final? Do you know what? Everyone is going against the Dragons, but as we know, if you if it's one of them teams where if you go against it, then more than likely they'll win. Yeah, so uh, yeah, the Dragons, you know, write them off at your peril, I reckon. Um, is it, is it going to be the stage? It's going to be set. Everyone was saying, "Oh, we want the we want the Dragons." So the Broncos are like, "Yeah, we're happy. We got the Dragons rather than the Warriors." But is that is that going to come back and bite them on the ass? What about the Ben Hunt uh, circus as well, too? He's, he's come out and been really open this week and said how, how taxing it's been. And he's often questioned whether it was the right decision for him to leave as well. Where do you sit here? I think there's a lot of people on his back, but they weren't on his back in the first year, in, in the first round, were they? When, every, when he, everything was going well and he was mm. the best half back in the, in the season. And, and to be honest, he's just literally missed Gareth Widdop, I think. Gareth Widdop yeah. takes so much pressure away from him that he can do what he does best. Um, again, it's always a hard decision when you move away, especially into state. Uh, but it's one that he's, he's, a, he's a professional. You've got to accept that and you just got to deal with it. Now, um, I think everyone's got to come around and support him. And, and again, I think is Gareth Wood back this week? I think he is. So I think, again, we, 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 should, be, we should be in for a cracking game. It should be a real, it's going to be a real good game on Sunday. All right, well, as I said, I mean, we, we go live on Monday nights. So the games will all be done by then, but uh, always great to have some insight and, and to see whether we are any good at looking through that little crystal ball. Big thing that's happening this weekend, though, or it's crystal ball or, or your head. Yeah, Carlos. probably my head. <laughs> a big thing that's happening this weekend as well, too, it's the first week of the women's uh, rugby league competition as well. So, I mean, we've had Kezi Apt on the show at the Love start her. of the year, and She's going to be one of the girls in there. We've mentioned it during the year. Four teams, Roosters, Dragons, Broncos and Warriors. A huge, huge jump and, and a history-marking moment for women's game. Let's uh, let's give it a round of applause, actually, guys. Well Woo! done. Well done. And good luck, Kezi Apps. You, know you know Hopefully she hasn't remembered. She's still got to put a hit on me. Yeah, she has. You got to do yeah, it. you've actually understand. still got a – there was still a trial. She's going to – you're going to run at her? Yeah. So, I mean, you look at like, the, the likes of the women that set the sort of paved the way at the beginning, Karen Murphy and Tasha Gale. Now, they were part of the original uh, squad when the Gillaroos started. They both had to sell or one of them had to sell their car to be able to pay for herself to go away on this rep journey. And then yeah. this year you look at it where we had the World Cup on the same stage, same moment as the men and the women finally got given the same amount of um, like pocket money to sort of spend while they're away. They didn't have to go and sell chocolate boxes to go and get their accommodation and everything sorted. The women's game is jumping ahead. Definitely. And I think um, it's been a long time in coming. And, and I'm really, in a way, I'm really glad that it's happened. But I'm also very sad that we've only limited it to four teams. 
I think it could. I think it needed to be a lot bigger, and I think we should have put pressure on a lot of the other sides and to to actually have a team in in this inaugural competition. So that that was the decision that was made from the business pointy end was that there was only going to be four teams. Way more teams did apply to be part of the situation. Mm -hmm. South, I know, were definitely one of them. I think. Uh, they even helped create the platform or footprint for the other clubs on, on what they needed to do to make this a, a, a formidable relationship and for it to be able to work. So the biggest thing is, is they've actually sped this process up. We weren't even meant to see a national competition for the women this early in the game. And I think it was a conversation I had with Tom Greenberg about a year ago. And his thing was that we were still a little bit off it. What he wanted to do was create a competition at one end and then the grassroots and then slowly bring them to meet them in the middle. He didn't want to rush it and have this competition where the women's AFL obviously went ahead and created an entire competition. Um, so this was, I guess, them meeting in the middle. The women that were already playing for the Jillaroos and, and New Zealand in these high-tipping competitions, they've demanded it and said we need it so that we yep. can continue to improve ourselves and, and move forward. So I think this year, obviously, we'll see the four. I do believe it's going to go amazingly well yeah. um, and next year we're going to start to see more teams involved oh, I, I, yeah I'm excited for it and I think again we have got so many talented uh, rugby league women that play the game administer the game coach the game and, and uh, are involved in the game and I think it's uh, it's just a ma it, it should have happened it should have happened five, five years ago <laughs> <laughs> it definitely should have as I'm looking at Sasha pull heads behind you Speaking of pulling heads, and I hate to go from such a positive uh, story into a really random one. What about the Mad Mondays? All right, let me jump in here. I'm oh, going to jump go. in here. There right. we go. Okay, so if, let's let's touch on the Bulldogs first. All right, these guys are young fellas. They stay disciplined all year. Yes, they're representing the club and they're role models for the kids and stuff like that. One fuck the journalists for going through and taking pictures of these guys. You know they've, they're. Uh, they're in a private function. They're not out um, on the town creating a ruckus or whatever. Um, they've deliberately gone out, booked a private function, got on the piss because they're young fellas. Um, yes, they've stumbled out. They haven't created the greatest image. But, like, journalists, leave him alone. Leave him alone. It's terrible journalism. Um, the guys are trying to uh, unwind and, un you know, relax after a big season of being disciplined. I think it's, uh, I think it's pathetic. Well, they weren't in – it was a private function, but they were at the, uh, the Harbourview Hotel – and they're actually on the balcony. So it's private they're, enough they're, for me. Sorry? It's private enough for me. Yeah, well, I know, but they're still on a balcony. They're still in public environments. So the journalists have got uh well, photographer has got a quite a good telescopic lens to be able to see it. But they're still if you're on a balcony, you're viewable by public. And the the worst thing out of this is so it's two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine from the NRL, which is the largest that's ever been handed out for this sort of um, situation, I guess. Now, the police and the club have also had a combined charge of over $90,000 separately to the players that were involved. So Adam Elliott and uh, Esapeli, I think, were the, was the other player. Um, they were the main ones that were getting nude on, on the balcony. And Marcelo Montoya was the one that the, the famous photo that we've seen passed out and spewing in a, in a gutter. Who hasn't so, done that? I know you have. <laughs> Who hasn't done that? Oh, 100%. 100%. Oh, no, I, I suppose we're not role models for probably. young kids. So. Yeah, I think I think I, I agree with you somewhat there, Sash, but I also, I think the venue, I think the club actually could have done a lot of better job than what they've done. And I think uh, also in regards to that, 
no matter what, if you're playing for a if you're playing for a rugby league side and you're a professional, you've got to make sacrifices in order to earn the money that you do and be a part of that that cycle. So I think even though they need a release, then it needed to be controlled a lot better than what what it what it was shown. But now, as soon as it goes in the public eye, all bets are off. You know you've done it, yeah, and 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 you need to be whacked across the wrist. Well. Two people that were from the club are, are heavily getting interviewed at the moment um, in both Dean Pay and also fresh to the general manager of football role at the Bulldogs from Manly, Gareth Holmes. So yeah. oh, the no. poor bug has gone from being up, up north with Manly at Stroop Clubs to now being being front and centre with, with the players that are involved in this mission as well too. So they're basically saying senior staff were there as a club function and they've just let it get to where it was. The club, on the other hand, where they were actually drinking out of the hotel, received five penalties as well. They got done for allowing indecent activity, like activity and exposure, um, poor behaviour, and also serving uh, basically patrons that were already well and truly on the pierce and under the influence. So, to be honest, some of those blokes could have drove home. They weren't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I just add though? Was there a? They were was, driving the porcelain bus. Can, can I? Can I add? Was there any complaints from the public? I don't know. I haven't read that file. I don't think there was. So in, in, a, in a nutshell, have we gone, is it too mad? Have we gone a little bit too far? Yeah, what we've seen was, was, was bad, but, it, but no one was hurt. It, you know, it was, it was done in fun and, and jest and, and no one's complained. I, I just think sometimes we, we've, we've, just, we've just gone a little bit too far, I think. I'll tell you, tell you how too far it's got. And I sent you this link early this morning. Yeah. was... It's, it's this outrage mentality. So as soon as these players, everyone's waiting for them to, to stuff up. They're, it's Mad Monday. I used to be a media manager, and this weekend was the bane of my existence. The, the amount of stress that you had during this weekend, and that was before social media was as accessible. We didn't have Snapchat. There was no stories on Instagram back then. It was just literally what ended up in the paper or Twitter. But this morning I woke up to, it was a, an exclusive that was released on Channel 7 and it was a, a, a news reporter came in and said, I've heard it all over the radio, two uh, West Tigers players, um, which was Luke Brooks and Josh Reynolds, were in a strip club in a private room where police raided with dogs uh, searching for drugs. And these two players were under investigation with the police and also the club. And so that's what they've led with. That's gone out to market. They've then turned around, as we've found out since then, the club's released that the boys went to the club the next day and told them what had happened. They didn't report it that night because once the police came in and checked them, they left them there and they stayed in the venue. So as far as they were aware, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a pub or a club or I know when I've been down in Manly Wharf, the dogs get brought through all the time and they walk past, sniff you and off they go. Yeah. Um, it's not like I go and report that to my employer or anyone else because it's just it's what happens these days. Look, I'm very familiar with that uh particular venue um and look it's i'm sure you are it does it happens all the time and again it's shitty journalism because all they want is clickbait they want guys to get you know guys and girls to go on there and to click and say what's going on now in the nrl what are they what are they done to fuck up now and it's two blokes who are letting off a bit of steam again going to a strip club and nothing wrong it's not illegal to go to a strip club no. um they're probably having a couple of beers the dogs have come through like you said renee and they've gone all right i would check the boys oh yeah the boys are good keep drinking and they stayed in there and they've you know they've watched the girls and then they've gone home and had a lamb shank like what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that that's no. perfectly legal well i think i think it's misreported 
and and, and mis, you know misreporting has a major effect on our game than it does uh, than the players acting up. You know the players haven't done anything wrong in this respect. All right, from a, from a uh, com, from a community standpoint, it's it's frowned upon by you know the, the mums and dads out there, but it's not illegal. Yeah, but I like and. I, this will probably make me sound like a bit of a bogan, but I've got I go to strip clubs. Like I go for a drink with my mates. <laughs> like I, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna put my hand up here and yeah, no. no back the fact that that's not something to be frowned upon. Who cares? It's just a venue you go for a drink to be with your yeah, mates of course, and yeah, enjoy no, entertainment. I, I agree with that. Exactly right. And Josh Reynolds, mate, if you're out there, you know, oh four five seven for you know, give us a call. <laughs> um, you know, you need Send company them. next time. You need a hey, witness. But what about the fact that these players, obviously from the Bulldogs, they've been hammered for bringing the game into disrepute. Where does it then get turned back on, say, a, a station or a journalist as such for bringing the game into disrepute for wrongly reporting? Correct. Something? Yeah, but they're not affiliated to the sport, are they? So they run. They're, they're not even. They're not even considered. Yeah, but they shouldn't be allowed to report on it then. Moving forward, well, you, you can't stop them. You can't stop them from You can't stop them from reporting on it. Yeah, but it's. it's, it's I know what you're saying, but yeah, I. I the, the players, as well as the, the, the staff, are all affiliated to the league and, and the league is not law. The league has their set of standards and rules and guidelines that you have to adhere to, to in order to play the game. Like No one puts a gun to anyone's head to play the game. You choose to play the game and therefore you've got to uh, adhere to a set of standards. The, unfortunately, the journalists, they don't care. They're free. Mm. But I, I agree with you in that respect that if... It's got to be solid, and if it's not yeah. solid, then they should they, they should say, well, unfortunately, you should you're not you're not welcome into our press conferences because you, you you're not you're not doing your journalist ethics or whether it is correctly. I tell you yeah. now, right? If I was um if I was a twenty year old earning five hundred grand, you'd see a lot worse shit in the media than what you're seeing out there. Like it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Leave them alone. Let them have a good time. Let them unwind. Private functions. Happy days, they're doing the right thing. Yeah, but I'll also say, I was going to say that you don't see uh, Premier League players doing that, but then we've got Alison, he's my hero. <laughs> There's a hero. Hey, um, Sasha, do you have a wacky sport this week or is it just you just being wacky generally? Yeah, just being wacky generally. Like I'm actually hoping the Paps don't turn up to Matt McCarthy's 30th later on because that it's, will be I've sent them. Headline. I've sent them straight up there. That more more just to see if I can get any more videos for my phone. <laughs> hey, I just, want to, I just want to say as well, a massive thank you to Power FM uh, for how... Housing uh, Sasha and I today. They've, they've yeah. done an amazing job, and it was all pulled together late notice because we weren't sure where it was all going to be. Uh, but they've done a great job this week. And uh, James O'Shea, who has a, has a racing podcast and the Semi Pro podcast, make sure you listen to that as well. Yeah, yeah huge thank you to Power FM Radio. Um, dead set, you know, one great song after another. That's the actual slogan up there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> here in Toowoomba, great town, 120,000 people. Is that right, Carla? Uh, I think it's 160 or something. Yeah, like. 160. Oi, 120. I'm telling both of you right now, shut up. <laughs> and can you please it. go and have a couple of thousand beers for me because I need to go and just watch the Giants game. Radio. Wrap right. it up, Renee. Wrap it up for hey, us. Hey, we've got to tell the listeners about our handle at TSP Podcasts. Oh, you were too busy talking shop. Yeah. yeah. If you're out there, we guys, were. Instagram at TSP Podcast. Um, like us, follow us. Facebook, and, and, Facebook, but, Facebook page. But you know what? What? Download our our bloody podcast. Yeah. Have a listen. Have a listen because uh, if you're not listening to it. this, then it's probably too late. I was going to say I don't like. Have a listen. They're already in, they're this deep into this conversation. They're oh. already. Listening. Well, they're not as deep as the Liverpool goalkeeper, but um. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on from that and let's finish with this bad boy. We will move on.
Daryl Braceway, all the way from Toowoomba and Power FM. <laughs> Thanks, boys. See you guys.